Hello and welcome to our not quite uh, on time one year sort of uh, reminiscence of the podcast here. I would like to say actually uh, while day wise it doesn't really coincide with anything in particularly special. We are recording this on Easter and last year on Easter Sunday we finished up uh, the prelude. Okay. So, yeah. so there it kind of works out. It kind of worked out. Ca- except, yeah, except that Easter was also way earlier last year. So we're we're quite a bit behind, but it's fine. We are uh, <laughs> we're here and we're ready to go. So we just like to you know take a little look back. We're going to answer some questions and uh, just kind of talk about where we've been going with the with the podcast and hopefully talk a little bit about where we're going in the future. Uh, so to start out here, I'd like to go around to all of our uh, PC characters. And just um, give me a quick sort of, you know, maybe two minutes or less on what the inspiration behind your character was. Like, why why you chose to play who you chose and kind of like what led you to uh, their sort of uh, character. You're talking for our main Ornan campaign? Class? Yeah, we're, okay. we're, we're yes. going to main campaign. Right. I know people I, have played multiple characters. Well, I'm, I, I didn't know if you're referring to that or the prelude to the main campaign. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's start over here with Ash. Okay. Well, it was pretty easy for me. I love dragons, always have, so Dragonborn was natural choice for me. And as a guy going to wildlife biology, it just, I don't know, Druid just kind of clicked in my head like, ooh, that's cool, let's see what that's about. And I just kind of read up on what Druids are like, and I was like, I like this already. This character kind of reminds me of what I like, so it was a pretty easy build, honestly. And I'm really liking where he's going, too. So I think it's probably fair to say that this would be like you if you lived in a fantasy world. Yes, I'd say it's safe to say that would be me in a fantasy world. All right. (laughs) I appreciate the honesty. All right, Ray. You know Brave, like Merida from Brave? (laughs) I wanted to make Merida from Brave in uh, Dungeons and Dragons and mix her with like a paladin sort of fighter sort of thing. And I don't know. I, I, I think she turned out pretty cool. Yeah, that's really, yeah. it's really uh, your voice through the character that brings her to life. All right. Can I, can we go? Yeah, go, uh, let's, go have, ahead, uh, let's have Brandon go here. All right, so for Sibo, like, I went for the rogue mainly because this was actually my second character ever. Uh, so my first was a ranger. I, I like the, like, the sneaky kind of character mindset, but I didn't really want to mess with the magic of the ranger or cleric was the first one i played way too much magic for me i thought i'd uh, i'd dumb it down for myself so i went for the <laughs> rogue um, but i really wanted to embrace kind of like this woodland uh you know thief who cares for where he lives and just kind of roams and uh also gets to do some pretty kick-ass stuff so Again, I appreciate the honesty of saying you wanted to dumb down the character. That's uh, really a lot of honesty to start off this episode. It's not normally like this. All right, uh, Bronson. All right. So, Mikhail, I took an inspiration of I wanted to imagine somebody who was born for the purpose of war, but also had no ties to a former life other than an orphan prepared for war. And I figured Warrior Cult would be kind of like a fun backstory to go with for the character, give him a cold resilience. And I tried just to bring that character as well as he's trying to cultivate a sense of empathy. He doesn't understand everything about the world, 
He's trying to understand it. He does come across as being very abstract sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little aloof. Aloof. Certainly. <laughs> All right. Demented? Very. <laughs> well, <laughs> Another mean, great word. I don't know how aloof he is when he's running through the woods naked in a loincloth, <laughs> killing everything in sight, but... You ever seen a marine Hunting. struggling with PTSD? I was going to say, he's got to have... Is that how he handles like, it? It's normalizing stuff. Ah, uh, I gotcha, I gotcha. He turns it into a hunt. He's bringing it all into balance. He cultivates himself, just normalizes himself. What about Joan? The As man he, of tragedy. The man of tragedy. <laughs> Mr. So, Texas himself. So I'm not going to go into all the stuff about name and things with that because i did that in the first episode so you already know all that so i guess i'm gonna go with more of like the characterization inspiration so i was really trying to have it be kind of uh the archetype of your stereotypical lone gunman and i i thought that giving him like a pretty tragic backstory and with a hunt for vengeance was pretty standard <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed to be a common theme uh, for all of our characters. Aside from that, I'll admit, trying to come up with a voice, I was trying to avoid doing, like, a John Wayne or Clint Eastwood, and then it just ended up pretty much turning into McCree from Overwatch. <laughs> you can say that again. Without without it intentionally being a derivative of that. Yeah, I mean, I think it probably helped that at the time we started this podcast, you were playing Overwatch pretty uh, pretty religiously. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just playing that the other day. I guess the other thing with that is just like I, I didn't think there was a lot of Western thematics integrated into D and D, so I kind of wanted to bring that edge without turning it into a full blown like Western D and D kind of show. Hmm. And also, I also really like the idea of you know combining a cowboy with a wizard. I thought that was pretty, pretty unique for he sure. I, I would agree. I think that. You did a fantastic job of, it's, like you said, really bringing that Western element that D&D doesn't necessarily have into the game. Much agreed. You know, I had a lot of fun with being able to use that to kind of build sort of a, I guess in this world it's Eastern, not Western, but yeah. a, uh, <laughs> a sort of that same sort of motif around, uh, you know, where Joan came from, and that was a lot of fun. Um, so I also want to discuss... Believe it or not, or maybe you can believe it, I don't know how good we sound, but um, a lot of us had never played D&D before we started this. So uh, I'd just like you guys to kind of talk about what it's been like sort of learning the game as we go. So I'm excluded from this, probably? <laughs> Why not? What? Why? Well, Why would you be excluded? I don't need to be I'm a vet, dude. I've Ray, been here for a long time. Ray's a true vet. The rest I mean, of us, I think. Well, there I you mean, had it. Ray's been doing this forever. So, I know that several of us prior to actually starting to play D&D had spent time listening to D&D-related content. So, I wouldn't say that we were completely green. new. Yeah, completely green in this uh. scenario. I believe that there was kind of like a spectrum for each one of us of where we fell along that. I was totally, haha, you laugh, but seriously, I was a complete and total beginner to D&D, where you had Ray, a seasoned vet, he did come in a little bit later, but as we've added, I was probably the newest to it at all to begin with. I also, prior to playing, 
I had never, I actually really hadn't listened to any D&D, you know, content or watched anything. I, I really walked into it with no knowledge and kind of just got a player's handbook and followed what it said while I was on a road trip. And I, so my first character sheet, Lililia, I did it while I was on a, in the car on a road trip, just <laughs> had so much time to read through the book. But yeah, no, Harrison just, he hit me up one day and he said, hey, we're going to be starting up, um, we want to start playing D&D on Sunday nights. What do you think about that? And I said, you know, sure, why not? Like, I've always really liked, I mean, I've, I'm a theater kid, so I've always liked uh, being and getting to play other people. Sadness so. forever alone. We all know that struggle. <laughs> Hello, darkness. All of us have been friend. involved in theater at some point in our lives. All of us, all of us have and, uh, uh, partaken of the theater drug. Yes, uh, I was going to say the sweet, sweet fruit, but <laughs> and yet we world. still suck at improv. <laughs> <laughs> improv is my yeah, point. <laughs> improv, <coughs> shine. Improv, improv. I know because like you are over there like. I'm gonna do this and this and this, and then Harris is like, "Okay, what do you do, RJ?" I'm like, "Uh, <laughs> hold on, let me get a hold of you next week, uh, with an idea of maybe where I'm going with that." <laughs> so yeah, that's that is how I got into D and D, and ever since then, I've had a ton of fun with it. Uh, I'm actually going to be DMing a podcast that's going to be coming out pretty soon another one here on the realms and nerds channel and it's gonna be pretty kick-ass yeah we're uh we're actually gonna get back to that in a little bit we'll uh we'll circle back around to that i was introduced to DD by rick and um harrison who listened to po- DD podcast and i really really enjoyed listening to it. i had a lot of fun and um i learned a lot from listening to them so i went out and i bought a player's handbook and i read it like it was the bible <laughs> And I memorized a bunch of crap from it. And I, I, it goes without saying, but I'm the meticulous one in this group who's a little anal about following rules and I have to restrain myself <laughs> a lot. But I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it. We have That's other names for them, but we'll keep it to ourselves. Yeah, let's, let's not go into that. <laughs> I think, so I think the best story as far as getting into D&D is to follow kind of the train of how we decided to actually start doing this podcast, uh, specifically pertaining to Harrison and I. So, as Ash mentioned, we both have listened to D&D podcasts for several years, about, I'd say, I think about four or five years now. And o- over time, we started talking, we're like, yeah, it'd be cool to, like, play D&D. I was, and I'd be like, yeah, like, it'd be cool if we do a podcast or something, because I like editing audio, but I'd never do anything music-related, and I think it'd be easier, which... Fun fact, it's not. (laughs) Uh, And so, about a year and a half ago, end of 2017, uh, good old Harrison got hitched. And uh, for my best man gift to him, I got him the player's handbook and monster manual. I bought the monster manual, actually. It was a group effort. Yeah, it's always a group effort. But it was spearheaded by... RJ. It, it was, was Rick's. It was, it was mostly my way of saying, hey, I'd actually like to move forward and actually do what we've been talking about doing for two years now. And solid, solid move. Yeah, about three months later is, I think, three, three and a half months later is when we recorded our first episode. Mid, Mid-March, early March. And we've been at it ever and since. And we've been at it ever since. Yeah, it's been uh, a, a little bit inconsistent at times. 
particularly in editing and uploading. That's a that's a statement. That is a statement. That is a statement that exists. And it yeah, and it, you know it's been it has been kind of difficult with six people that all have busy lives getting all of us in the same room at the same time to record sessions. There's definitely been some uh, hurdles with that. What? I thought we each recorded this in individual rooms throughout the week. <laughs> so <laughs> we can afford to do that. Because so, that's hurts. I'd like to bring up a little fun story. Or, I don't know if it's really st- fun. But, uh, <laughs> it's a I'll story. A story. You're really selling people on this I'm story. I'm selling people but... on this. So, oh, yeah, tell as, me more. as Bronson mentioned not terribly long ago, Ray jumped on board about, uh, episode. 12. Uh, I like how you can remember that. I, well, I'm the one that spends the most time with this content, <laughs> so I hope so. We we had Ray over, and we recorded the first episode with him. That was the episode that introduced him, and the next two weeks, Ray was, like, out of state. So we introduced him, and then chaos. And I was, was up north, and yeah, I was, you were gone I was getting engaged. Yeah, see? Yeah. Important how dare things. you? Yeah, how dare Poor you shame. get engaged after your character gets married? Poor shame. But yeah. that's that's just like a I think my favorite example of us running into bumps along the road with uh, recording. That's true, but some of the bumps have been kind of fun though. We've had a lot. I think some of our best moments on the podcast have been like just sort of spur of the moment or things that kind of got twisted around and happened by accident have really turned into fun moments. You oh, mean like when sure. everyone forgets their dice? <laughs> <laughs> Never once have I done that. You're going to forget your dice for like a month straight now that you said that. (laughs) Booga, booga, booga. All right, so I would like to know, what's your favorite NPC that we've had in this game or that I've created to put in here? The the stoner necromancer dude? (laughs) What's his name? Jarus? 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 Something like that? Yeah. Jarus. Jarus. He's... Oh, super real. good, and I love that, him. That has to probably be That mm-hmm. might That's be mine, but I, I kind of want some mm-hmm. diversity in mm-hmm. our answers. It has to be, his episode has to be, like, one of our best episodes, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's a fun episode. I really, I really Ansel put, promoted that fantastic one. fantastic NPC. I like Ansel. Ansel has worked his way mm. into, I, I guess, being kind of more of a, we've seen him more than once at this point. Yep. Uh, and he has a, a backstory with Sibo, and he's commissioned weapons for Sibo and Mikael at this point, so. Uh, Roland, may he rest in peace, has, oh! is one of my favorite oh, we ever Roland. had. Yeah, I know, I know I ripped everybody's hearts just right out of their chest with that one. So I think that's, that'll be my answer. It- if I don't for five hundred dollars, please, Alex. If I don't go with Roland, I'd probably have to actually go with Jack. Our freaking solid, solid non-comedic the, character. Move. The freaking <laughs> enemy of ours, or I should say, of Jones, that destroyed us, and we haven't seen since. He's like Bear Gorillas in black leather. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this hunt that has well, it's more of us who have been hunted. Um, with Jack is uh, something that. I don't know if you guys have questions about it, but we, as as the cast, definitely do have a lot of questions about that, uh, and we're pretty excited to see where that storyline's going to take us. Yes. Yeah, who the fuck is Jack? Where did he get his guns? How, how powerful is he? Where did he go? <laughs> where did he come from? Where did he go? Where did he, where did he come from? Tell me, Jack, no! Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, and he's definitely, I mean, I've had a couple, I think there's been two really big points that I've left on uh, sort of untended. One was Jack and the other one was uh, the thing. You guys didn't really even understand what was going on, but when you went through that portal... Uh, oh yeah, I, I remember that. Flooded the I city. have been flooded the waiting. City. I've to been figure thinking out about that, that a lot. Connect. So, um, I guess uh, it was kind of a good segue into this for me to talk about a little bit about plans going forward. I wasn't planning to talk about that this early on, but since uh, since you segued me in so well, <laughs> so uh, our plan is kind of uh, leading forward in this is the. What we've now called the Return of Ornan as this campaign is somewhat of a longer story. Um, I developed it as a longer story, and it's been taking a while to flesh out. Uh, however, I really want to give everybody else in the group a chance to really, uh, you know, take the wheel for a little bit. And on top of that, you know, it's really just like building out the world. It's fun to have people contribute to the story in other ways. So what we're going to do with the uh, with the campaign going forward is this kind of hunt for Maliaklis that the boys have been on when we eventually wrap up this particular arc of the story we are going to step away from ornan for a little bit and uh one of the other guys is going to take over for uh a, a story and then once that story has wrapped up then we're going to come back to ornan and we'll have another leg of that campaign because like i said it's a a much longer story ornan is at this point the you know, the big evil in the universe, and he's got a lot of lieutenants working for him, so it's not a story that's just going to wrap up quickly. Uh, on top of that, we are, um, eventually, as Brandon mentioned, we're going to have a campaign coming out concurrent, um, which I won't say a whole lot about because I want to, uh, you know, let you experience that for yourselves, uh, but just... Uh, saying that that one takes place at the same time that Ornan is taking place. Um, it's going to have some uh, some tie-ins to the uh, to the main campaign of Ornan in a very direct way. And so, uh, like Brandon said, you know, you keep an eye out for that, and that'll be coming up soon. So uh, I guess real quick before I go into what I was going to go into, do do any of the people that are working on a campaign want to briefly discuss like that they're, that trailers they're, <laughs> <laughs> that they're working on a campaign like a teaser, or something like give give plug them like it. an idea of what it's going to be about. Plug it, buddy. Plug it. Let's start with well, I guess, our next uh, DM. I guess uh, at the time, let's just have Bronson do a quick preview of his since he's going to be next. I think everything else is probably far enough out that we don't need to preview it yet. Seems about right. So upcoming, I have planned a more or less almost an entire new format of play. It'll be it'll require team dynamics. It'll require skill. It'll require luck. It'll require quite a bit of alcohol. Um, <laughs> for the characters as or any for good us? campaign does both <laughs> both um each and every character will play the role as a pirate on a pirate ship there intends to be a more or less a bit of sketchy backgrounds behind each character each one plant should be introduced 
in as an individual kind of like snapshot of their lives leading up to uh, their introduction or exposition into the story. Uh, and after that, of course, follow the team dynamics moving forward. But it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to, uh, I hope it's enjoyable for everyone playing. It should add a different level of dynamics. Anyway, that's what I have planned coming up. It's called Seafarers and Scallywags and should be quite a lot of fun. Yeah, and we're all looking forward to it. Oh, for sure. Okay. So, uh, real quick, since you mentioned kind of the concurrent aspect of Brandon's campaign, <coughs> I wanted to quick give listeners, since we've had so many kind of one-offs or beginnings of really mini one-shot, not one-shots, but I think sort of one-shot. Yeah, and you, yeah, you and I were discussing this yeah, the other day. So the, uh, giving them kind of an idea of the time frame of when the different things take place. Some of these have not seen the light of day for listeners yet, but uh, it's not any groundbreaking big campaign things, so that's why I don't mind mentioning them here. So um, I, I'm going to go chronologically. So as mentioned in the episodes of the cam- of the Ornon campaign, uh, we are currently in the seventh age of the world, which the world uh, is named... Pridea, right? Yes, Pridea. Yeah, Pridea. I always pronounce Pridea. it wrong. That's why I want. Yeah, I always. It's two pr- two hard pr- syllables. Pridea. 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 Yeah. So in the world of Pridea, uh, we are currently with the Return of Ornan campaign and Brandon's campaign in the Seventh Age. So backtracking into the the first stage and the beginning of the second age, we did our two part Halloween special at the end of last year. That takes place then. One of the ones that we haven't put out called the Thunderlock Bar Crawl is going to take place in the third age of the world. Uh, and I DM'd that one. One that Ash DM'd, uh, which is our to date biggest group of player characters that we've ever had, uh, takes place in the fourth age. That one is called Treasure of the Broken Horde. In the fifth age, we've got the one that Bronson DM'd that seems to be fairly popular among listeners based on the Harrington Hills far. Uh, and that takes place in the fifth age. And then in the Seventh Age, which is where we are, so the present compared to the Return of Ornan, we also have our uh, Winter Holiday Special that Ray DM takes place then. We have one that we recorded for St. Patrick's Day that will come out, I don't know when, that takes place in the Seventh Age as well. And the first one that I did, the Hall of the Goblin Lord, it's not the seventh age. No. Oh well, that's. I just assumed it did because it was that in the. That takes place in like the first or second. Age. Okay, so that first. that takes place in the first age, the second age. Is it the first or the second age? Eh, second age. The second age. Okay, it, it takes, takes place, place. Okay, it takes place in the second age. Uh, and then, like I said, the one that I DM'd the Hall of the Goblin Lord that I did with Cole and two of my sisters. Uh, that one is also in the present. Uh, and then in the future, in the Ninth Age, is uh, the Zarthamus one that I did with Ray and Ash and my other sister. So that's about where we're at with that. I know that's not the most exciting part of this episode, probably. I'll, I'll, I'll probably make a nice little graphic for the timeline at some point with more details of, like, events and things. But I just wanted to kind of give listeners a better idea. The fact that all the stuff that we have done and plan to do is all connected in some way, taking place on this planet. All right. That was a sentence. Dumble across the finish line. <laughs> yeah.
As I, as I do. At least he made it. At right? least he made it. As made I do. It. Yes, he made it. And yeah, Ladies and I've and germs. I've got some extra little bits of lore and things that didn't make it into the podcast, but are still parts of the canon, and we'll include that in the infographics for those of you that are nerds and really want to dig in. Those you're, you'll cool. probably have to wait a little bit for that infographic. Uh, I do have a question. Um, when you say Pridea is the world we're in, is that the continent we're on? No, or literally no, 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 no. the entire that world. That is the world. Okay. It's like Earth. I just need to know that. All right. Yeah. All right. So here's an interesting question for, um, I guess now everybody can answer this. Do you prefer being a character or being a DM? I, I pro and con. No, I don't even need to do that. I can just say outright, I much prefer being a player character than uh, a DM. Same here. I'm Havsies because I love being a playable character and interacting with the world. But I also love the idea of making my own campaign and setting like the stage for what the characters can do and having all these little like secrets that the characters might find out or might not find out as they go along. You know, I have to somewhat agree with Ash. For me, it is extremely enjoyable to, you know, be able to create, you know, your portion of this world and really bring it to life and, you know, make something of it. But at the same time, there really is a joy in getting to explore a world that, you know, you know your DM's probably creating, you know, all around you as as you're going, but it's fun to, you know, push a story and drive a story and kind of get to be the one. I mean, the DM don't make the choices, let's be honest. It's us, the the PCs, who fuck everything up and drive the story right into a cliffside. So Fucking with DM's stories is one of my favorite parts about why I prefer being a PC. Mm-hmm. I actually think that I really prefer being a DM. Obviously, I have not had a ton of time as a player character. I, I don't know, I just... um. I have a lot of fun sort of creating the the situations and the worlds that people are going to play in, and I really enjoy having to be spontaneous and react to the people that mess everything up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, it's just I I really get a lot of enjoyment out of uh, just that whole process. So, for me, I definitely like being a player character because I just like making characters. I like making... uh, people to put in a story and let me tell you i already have like 10 other characters made just in case Brunhilde goes away already <laughs> has her funeral casket picked out <laughs> right right next to her husband's oh good that means i can kill Brunhilde now and you won't feel terrible oh, about oh, it oh, oh, <laughs> so yeah so what do you guys think has been the ba- and this doesn't have to be you. This can be us as a group. This can be somebody else if you want to throw them under the bus. But um, are we gonna are we gonna vote a character dead? Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> you all the weeks you you have been voted off the island. Let's go to character <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, listen up. Cast your votes and decide which PC is gonna end up dead. <laughs> I text five 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 five. What do you think that 
the biggest mistake or mess up on the show has been. Oh God! Or like related <laughs> to the biggest show. Um, blunder. Do you guys yeah. re- do you guys remember that one time when uh, RJ didn't have his computer plugged in and we had to read? <laughs> no, I, also, yeah. also on you know RJ slash Joe. That's Joan. also the one that's invisible on recording. I absolutely <laughs> just love how Joan burnt a forest down. I was gonna say hot tub, but. Oh yeah, and I I exploded a hot This question is just going to be, how hard can we roast RJ? (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, there's been a lot of mistakes coming from the Joan corner. So, (laughs) yes, so I was going to say the fact that my laptop wasn't plugged in and has a garbage battery, and therefore we lost half of a recording and had to re-record half of it, Uh, also... If any listener can tell me what episode we had to com- like re-record half of, I'll uh, give him a shout out or something on Twitter. I don't know, but if make, you can, he if, will make you a if, T-shirt. If you can, no, don't promise some things that cost monetary <laughs> amounts of money. I don't have that. He will Come on, show you up at your house and scrub your bathroom clean. Oh, I, I don't have say time with, it, with his tongue, with his own personal toothbrush. Yo, watch them like live his <laughs> waterway or something. But no, he no. will come clean your like, kitchen wearing I, nothing but an apron. If, if you, <laughs> oh, if, God. You, if any listener can tell me what episode <laughs> we had to re-record, if you can figure it out. You let me know, and I'll uh, I'll give you a shout out on Twitter or something. I don't know. Yeah, that one was very discouraging. Speaking of Twitter, uh, we got a a shout out from Justin. Uh, I think M- M- Mattioli. I, I, I do not know. I'm, I'm sure. I'm name. sure I butchered your last name. I apologize, really? but um, uh, and he said that he loves how we use uh, effects in post for the enemies and the NPCs, and uh, so that's all going to RJ. Yeah, so big, big yeah, props really to him for throwing that all that's on there. Been the biggest, Woot. interesting, the craziest one with that is that started with. The third episode, if you're excluding the preludes of the main campaign, when we introduce Bahamut. And so uh, I'm not going to go into like what I did for the effect, because that would probably be uninteresting for about 95% of you. But it is by far the most challenging one, especially because it's one that I have had to do again with the uh, in the wedding episode. He made a return appearance, so anytime it pops up, I have to do that effect, and it's a bit complicated to pull that one off. But it's it's been fun. It was something that uh, in other D and D podcasts I'd listen to, they'd have scenarios where they're in uh, like a room where I felt like having some effects would really help with the 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 ambiance and the feeling of them actually being there. And so I did that. And I think I utilized that starting with when we broke into the bank and we had all those like small corridors that we were navigating around and had the room separated by the wall and adding like distortion and echoing reverb and stuff. So that was all good and fun. And also my favorite one so far has been this, the trapper dude that showed up when we were in Timbers Crest again. And I pitched down Harrison's voice just a couple steps so to add a little more variety to his about three character voice. <laughs> uh, and it, it to me it sounded a little bit like John Cena, and it made my day. <laughs> and so that's I think to date that's probably my favorite one I've done. I think the hardest one to pick out too. I think we decided that canonically that guy is John Cena in this world. Are you sure about that? 
<laughs> I mean, I can't see him, so I'm not for certain, but... <laughs> you can't see me. I make the rules, so I get to say that that's a yes. I would like to get into um our favorite memories in the game... Like in the story, in the story, like our favorite yeah. memories, because I really, I really want to talk about that. All right, well, why don't you lead us off then? Ah, crap! <laughs> I had it in my mind. I had it in my mind, but Was then you guys started. Was it chance Joan blowing up a hot tub? That's my second favorite oh, memory. Wow, okay. I thought that was that's, your favorite. No, that's not my favorite favorite. Give me, give me a moment. I got to remember it. All right, I can, I can quick scoop mine in there. It is actually not from the main campaign. Uh, my favorite one so far was the Harrington Hills far, which was the one we recorded up north. And honestly, were most of us a little drunk while recording. <laughs> but the best part was uh, Kyle pretty much being baffled at when the the mother goat kept birthing demon goats. Yes! That that's, was awesome! That's probably one of my favorite moments. Honestly, Kyle is... has like I love, I, I've listened to that one a few times. 90% because of how much I love listening to Kyle play. I love listening to Kyle laugh, personally. That too, yeah. Yeah. I love the way that we played through our first dungeon because we some of us were true first to our characters and then we were secondly true to playing through dungeons. So at first we had our dragonborn shatter a wall by punching his way through. All of a sudden we find a door, we become cautious of traps, you know? It was... No, we don't. We genuinely float along. We didn't. We had acid sprayed in Joshua's face because he didn't true. give a fuck. Oh yeah, I remember that. That's very true. But I, I agree with what you're what you're getting. There at, was yeah. some. There was something genuine and original to it. Yeah, and it's I, like know. it's like we had a mystery behind every corner, and that's something that I think that I love about our playstyle. Is hmm. and I think that we can still have that. And, you know, tagging on to that, one of the, I guess, an ongoing favorite memory, one of the things I really enjoy has been seeing how all of us have grown as PCs and DMs as far as just the way that we approach the game. I know, personally, like, my first two sessions, I was definitely a little bit more timid, but, you know, I I realize that you really do have to kind of push yourself out and... uh, get the story going, you know, you have to take control of it. And I think that that has been a great memory for me. I just real quick, like before we get away from it, I just like to interject a comment, a quick shout out because Bronson brought up our original campaign. Uh, the, the, I should say the mini campaign we did to kind of test out the waters. That one I did not write because I was looking for something a little bit easier to kind of get things going, even though I've incorporated it pretty heavily into my overall campaign. So that one was called The Burial Mound of Gileard Wolf Clan, written by Josh Burnett. And I just wanted to give him a quick shout out so that I'm not taking credit for his work because it is a very well done little dungeon. It is. Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite memory because I can't remember what the hell my stupid memory was I had, but one of my favorite memories is when we were um, being chased by Jack and his band of misfits mm. through the town after robbing the bank, and um, Joan managed to conjure up the demon unicorn of fire that ran oh, through yeah. all of Hold the on, you're, you're, It's not the a demon burning. unicorn of fire, it's just a fiery unicorn. Well, the fiery unicorn of awesomeness ran through a bunch of buildings, and I particularly enjoyed that moment. Oh, that was pretty The cool. idea of lighting up this entire town on fire as we're running it, away. It, been... it was good, and then I ruined it with my <laughs> subpar music that I underscored it with. 
But you know, I think recurring that theme. That's there. another great thing uh, with Joan's character is the wild magic. I mean, that that's part of your wizardry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but that is made for some interesting content for, for everyone. So, yeah, it has, because one of the cool things with wild magic is when you do the roll, it tells you what the effect is going to be, but it gives you nothing in the book about how big the effect has to be. And so that was one where the unicorn was probably one of the, the biggest examples of him throwing out a wild magic roll, and I got to really run with that. But I've had a lot of fun with those, just uh, you know, getting to choose sort of the effect that that has. I think my favorite memory is when we had that big battle with Ash's uh, PC's uncle. Oh. That whole big battle was really oh, awesome. The battle with the skeleton horde? Yeah, yes. that was a lot of fun. Yeah, one, I like that. That one was great until I edited it. That one was one of the worst editing experiences <laughs> I've ever had so far on this show. An- another really good memory is when we were in um, that stupid necromancer's home, the f- the doped up guy. What's it- what is that? Jarus. <laughs> Jarus. Jarus's place. And Harrison was like, we're going to have fun with this, and created three Jarus's... Who was the well, guy? he created one. He created one, and then, was it Joan who became... No, Sivo. Yes. No. No, Joan. Oh, Joan. Oh, because sorry, my favorite Joan. part about that entire experience is I spent half of the episode being an audience member. <laughs> yes, because once he once he turned himself into Jarrett and I took over... And I just let Harrison run wild with that. That was a lot of That's, fun. That was one of my favorite memories of Harrison just taking control and doing his own thing. That was super fun. That was a lot of fun. So I think I've had a lot of fun with various points and different NPCs and stuff. I think my favorite moment because I like ma- I like making these interesting choices for people. I think my favorite one that I've done is when uh, Bahamut tells Mikhail that he has to kill this guy at the wedding. Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Such a good moment. Because after I finished that whole audio bit with his with his you know speech and telling Mikhail that he needs to kill this guy, then we had like a solid probably ten seconds of silence in the room when everybody's just looking at me like, "What?" That whole episode. That, that I think I think to date that's still probably my favorite episode. That or episode sixteen, the one in which we spend time with Jarus the necromancer. Yes. Yeah, you you liked it when I came in. Come on, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I I love having you on the podcast. Another thing I'd like to talk about is our biggest, like, holy shit moments, like, took us by surprise. My biggest one was at the bank when Harrison killed off everybody's favorite character. As we were leaving, you mean as we watched Roland's? What was it? His headless corpse or just his head? head? It was his head. No, he. it's like, oh, by the way, Roland's head just comes flying down from up above, and there's Jack, and we were all like, no! No! I'm like, well, shit. It's like, fucking A. Because I love Roland. Roland was awesome. He just kills him. Montage like of uh, main characters losing their favorite sidekicks. <laughs> I Yeah. I wasn't in, in, into the um, podcast when this happened, but I listened to it. When you guys went to that underwater city, that like oh that you, like uh, that yeah when, when you guys oh, no when you guys went inside that rift or through right. the portal yeah yeah, through yeah. The, the water yeah that was that 
that made me. I I can't wait to see where that goes. That that was like, what the hell? Me what the hell is going I, on I, here? Yeah, man? I did not that expect us good. to end up in some weird dimension <laughs> with eel people. <laughs> but there we were. I yep. thought I I thought I made that shit up in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, you might have been drunk while we were doing that. Bit. Yeah, no, it was, and it was such like a. A f- that was a fun one to just kind of dangle and then like say, oh, we'll get to that later because uh, I guess I did a good job because there's been a lot of uh, questions from the group about when we're going to get back to that. I'm sure I had a different one in mind earlier when I was thinking about like uh, plot twists on our show, but for me offhand, I would say it's probably the OG biggest oh shit moment uh, when Harrison took the concept of the dagger and the book being in Joshmi's bag and turning it into kind of the catalyst for Ornon being re- released was kind of the big oh shit moment. Oh wait! No, now I remember what it was. So that's my number two. My number one was actually uh, in our Halloween special. I don't know how during the session I never caught on to this, but the, the reveal that Governor Gill was Gilead Wolf Clan I was taken aback. <laughs> Yeah. That one that one got me. I, I did that very carefully to try to sprinkle the breadcrumbs, but not, like, just straight up reveal it. Which, by the way, if you're a person that skipped over our specials and one-offs for shame, and big <laughs> spoiler, I guess. The, the, the moments for me are different because I am the one telling the story. So for me, it's really when you guys throw me a big curveball and I have to sort of figure it out so when we did that uh episode uh, was i think it was episode three when you went when they went into the underground area and fought the like kind of mushroom people oh, that the were in there oh my episode. god yeah, yeah that so that'd be episode three i apparently didn't realize how incompetent they were gonna be <laughs> so all of a sudden i was faced with the possibility of a whole host of characters that we had just introduced dying <laughs> <laughs> and i wanted to give them a second chance at that so uh kind of had to come up with a this mechanic of uh mikhail getting uh, a little bit of a second chance to right some wrongs uh, otherwise, we would have been creating a lot of new characters, and who knows the way the <laughs> arc would have gone from there. You know, and on that episode, I actually, uh, I missed that week of recording. Uh, so I come back the next week, and the guys are like, oh yeah, last week, by the way, we died. <laughs> oh, cool! <laughs> you know, and then, and then Harrison's here to like, watch you. So then Harrison right? has to make some random white creature that has to follow me back so I can do something kind of interesting. You gotta earn that XP, buddy. It's not gonna <laughs> yeah. just get handed to you yeah, on a silver you don't platter. Get what we get. Um... I actually wanted to talk about um, like what kind of game mechanics we want to see in the future, things we're kind of hoping our characters might be able to do or something. I don't know. Personally, I'd like to see more magic weapons introduced. Ne- not necessarily like ones from you could find in like the player's hand guide or the ma- the dungeon master's hand guide, but just like made up weapons or items that I don't know just make the game more interesting. I mean, I'm not going to get too much into it since we already teased it, and I don't want to give anything away. Plus, I don't know much myself, but I'm really excited for the mechanics that Bronson says that he is adding, that he's kind of come up with or adapted for his campaign. 
So I'm when we when when we get to that, I'm gonna be excited. I'm excited to see how that works out. Yeah, as far as weapons and stuff goes, I mean the door is open for basically anything at this point. I've already shown that we're kind of playing Calvin Ball with this main campaign in Two terms of lightsabers. Things. <laughs> Let's do uh, I mean, you know, the with Hello the there. it's a plus sign lightsaber. <laughs> you know, with having six shooters and you know, different like things that I've given people in terms of like weapons that they have and uh, additions and things like that. So we're, I mean, we're we're gonna have some fun with it for sure. Leonardo da Vinci style tank. <laughs> <laughs> One of you picked up the the expanding shield that the that would be Bronson. Yeah, that paladin had right. That'd be me, Kyle. Picked that up. Yep. Mechanics that we'd like to see added. In the future, um, the future. I'm not. I'm not gonna ask. <laughs> I mean, we've had a few, but I, I definitely would like to. I think that some puzzles. Oh some, yeah, some, gonna some, turn into some Legend of Zelda shit yeah, over here. I, I am mean, so down for that. You know, I, I, I think that we would be able to work through those things, and I think that that's a, a bit of a challenge that we haven't quite really undertaken yet. I do like the puzzle things, although with experience with some of our one-offs with puzzle-oriented ones... You don't they, plan they for sum- much more than the one puzzle. We ain't that smart. Yeah, no, I've, yeah. I've DM'd a couple, and they are pretty lengthy. But, I mean, this is a long-form campaign, so that actually isn't, like, a big problem. I actually really like the puzzle you did with me, Ray, and Mandy. Yeah. The, the one you created the, the, or whatever. The, the circular room. The circular room, much, yeah. You had to I open the right door. It. And then you guys totally broke the system. I, was, <laughs> we did I did not system. anticipate you guys going into separate rooms from each other. But mm. anyways, that's not here nor there. Yeah, I would like was... to I guess I'd like to see it's not new, but like the return of uh, a little bit more of like traditional dungeon crawling style like we had in the one episode where Brandon wasn't available before Ray hopped on board where we just kind of trudged through hack and slash style. Yeah, I think that um I mean, that is kind of part of the heart of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, classic D&D. Yeah. Did any of you, I mean, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. Did any of you have questions for me in terms of DM things or story-wise? or? Yeah, if you were to project kind of like a percentage, it feels like we're getting pretty close to that final confrontation with Maliocalus. Uh, would you say that that's fair, or is it going to be like when you're playing through Batman Arkham games, where <laughs> the closer you feel like you're getting to the end, the more you are relatively getting further away from the end of the game, and all of a sudden you've opened up all the side quests, <laughs> and instead of the 80% of the main story you thought you had, you've only done 20%. I think at this point you guys are definitely on the... The home stretch. Getting towards I'd say I'd say getting close to the home stretch, but like definitely definitely you're at the point where unless you take a drastic right turn to where I think you're going with this, you're probably gonna be getting into the end game for this arc of the campaign fairly DM. soon. <laughs> end game. End game is also a word. We don't need to yeah. TM that. Since one of the my favorite aspects, at least about this form of storytelling is the collaborative aspect of nar- of the storytelling. Obviously, though, it's based on a, a pre-existing like, narrative that you have written out. Mm-hmm. 
how much have we deviated from that over the course of the podcast? So I am, as a person and as a creator, very spontaneous and not organized. And so I know a lot of people when they write campaigns like to get really detailed and write a lot of notes and like have everything planned out. And, you know, going into the game, they've got maps drawn up and they've got, you know, ideas of like how everything's going to go. I chose to kind of lean into the fact that I am not a very organized person. And so I've been taking this really collaboratively as a storyteller and trying not to. I have story beats planned out, but not so much the in-between. It's kind of like, sort of, you can think like points on the map, but the, the path to get there is sort of open. I mean, like, a great example is I, um, I kind of, so I had the idea for Jack as this villain, and I had the idea of him being involved kind of as sort of a shadowy figure in some kind of an organization, but the, the, uh, sort of motif of that Western and the exact way it played out and the organization he was involved in and et cetera, et cetera. All of that was tied to the backstory that RJ came up with for Joan. And so I kind of just ran with that and uh, turned that into a whole thing. And uh, after that, when you guys left with the whole wagon full of treasure, the what happened after that was really heavily influenced from Brandon's backstory for SIBO and talking about, you know, all of these other gnomes that exist in the forest so i kind of created this whole group and etc etc and you know it kind of uh kind of grew from that so yeah and for for me in that situation you know i sibo's backstory i had never um this this outlaw group that steals from the rich and gives to the poor that is that was a personal quality of sibo's and um you know harrison took full full control and uh, kind of just put that into Sibo's backstory. Uh, so that was just something for me to roll with and, you know, it fleshes out my character and the story at the same time. Bit of a tangent just because it kind of follows this train of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did really like the fact that uh, one of the aspects of Sibo and this group organization that you kind of came up with that he's a part of, the Hoods of Robin, the fact that like there was some joke somebody threw out about them training fight by like fighting off bears and things, uh-huh. and it actually and the fact that it actually like became an actual aspect of like that's something that they do when we encountered those bears. Yeah. That was I loved that goof turning into an actual like aspect of that. Mm. That was very except very good. Didn't they kind of abandon us when we? Fell into the pit with yeah, the bears. Yeah, but that was kind of on Sibo's command. They they just knew better than to go down into the pit. Yeah, they've been fighting off bears. They've dealt with enough bears. It's a bear pit. Bears. It's like ah, this <laughs> don't go in the bear pit. They never leave this out any picnic baskets. This is their right of passage. We've already gone through ours. Uh, but yeah, so I think that overall, I have not created the story like in, in incredible detail too far in advance. A lot of it is really either in reaction to or inspired by things that you guys all do as player characters in the story. Has there been any, since you've been kind of putting it as a 
this is the destination, the road to the destination is up to you. Have there been any of these, like, destinations that you have had planned out that, that we completely, like, go around and don't even go to because of our actions? Like, has that happened at all? Um, or have we been pre, you've been pretty consistent of wrangling us to the destination that you intend? I don't, okay, I don't think you've completely missed any destinations or, like, places that I've tried to get you to. Okay. There's definitely been a few instances, which I won't get into just, you know, getting into the what it could have, but, sure. um, there's been a few places where I had kind of envisioned you either taking a different path or, you know, investigating things differently or interacting differently, and instead we ended up with a very different thing or a different outcome just because you chose to approach the situation differently and it just wouldn't have fit to include that. E.g. the Halloween special? <laughs> Probably the most infamous example of that. Uh, the ho- Yeah, the Halloween special... Yes, that was... Uh, you know, I, I guess I will. That's a good one. That's an easy... Easy one to talk about. The hotel scene was only supposed to be five, maybe ten minutes. Oh, it, you... it was it was going to be such a small part. I had planned out some other stuff in the town, but you guys just got really zoned in on what was going on in the hotel, and so I just kind of had to roll with it. They, they thought they were Luigi's Mansion, bro. <laughs> you completely... I really did. The DM underestimated our ability to Tom fool around. So yeah, so it you was underestimated uh, our fuckery. And you know, I think that I think that the episode as a whole turned out well, but it For was sure. definitely an instance where which. For our listeners, uh, just kind of a teaser, there is an extended edition of that episode. Oh, um, we're going to release know. that? Yeah, that's something I've been trying to figure out. That's something we, we still have to discuss, like, if we want to do any patron support content and how we go about that. So that's just something for y'all listeners to kind of, like, let, let it marinate that we have something for that could go we have something for you, you, might you, you want it. that you might like but it's also that's you get to hear us cost a little bit more <laughs> for you know, money <laughs> potentially that was that is uh, actually good if you want to you know tweet at us or dm or email or whatever the case may be uh, we would be interested to hear like is additional content something that you would even be interested in if we like you know maybe did like blooper reels or recorded extra episodes that were like patreon only or whatever we're you know at this point we're just entirely doing this for the fun of it and you know we we love recording the podcast and we don't want to you know pump you for money by any means but we if don't we'd love to just <laughs> pump you really yeah. <laughs> zing got him uh, no but... <laughs> but no like we we appreciate you listening to us and just your listenership is uh incredibly important to us so we don't want you to feel like we're trying to you know just turn this into a a cash cow by any means we we love recording for you but if that's something you'd be interested in you know we definitely would like to know about yeah, that Yeah, we would not be opposed to you being interested in giving us money if you want <laughs> it really helps our self-esteem if you let us know you're there <laughs> <laughs> we don't even want the money now we just want to know that you're willing we to just give want to yeah. <laughs> know people yeah. actually listen and care <laughs> we, uh, we, <laughs> we have self 
sexualization issues. Don't, don't leave us hanging in suspense. If, if nobody tweets at me, do I even exist? <laughs> <laughs> um, if any of you could play as a uh, character that is not one of your characters, who would you most like to play as? And this this can be any character from anything we've done for the podcast. Let's start with so PCs far. first. Sure. Yeah. Let's because the NPCs just will PCs, probably be more interesting. Because they'll be yeah, NPCs are way more interesting in that regard. Okay. So if you could be somebody else's player character, who yes, you want to be? Yes. From any any of the any, like our main campaign prelude characters, any of our one offs, who would you most like to play as? But it can't be a character that you, like one of your characters that you've created. I would okay. like to play as Joan personally, because. I would love to use wild magic more often just to see what would happen. <laughs> I'd love to see if I get turned into a potted plant or if I destroy a continent. So what you'd like to say is that you'd like to be the guy at the keyboard saying, let's see what this does. Exactly. <laughs> I think that'd be tons I of fun to play with. Power. Hmm. I, I was going to say Joan has a certain level of sadness that I find <laughs> absolutely entertaining. And I think it would be... Very fun to play him just for the aspect of he he's so he has a lot of issues. He's very familiar <laughs> with them. And more or less, he's not only let them move into his house, <laughs> he let them destroy the house, burn it to the ground. He Locked now lives in the basement. They hang out and peer pressure him to torture himself. And Boy, that this, is Joan dealing with this. This got into a real NF mansion scenario, huh? Either way, I think he is... A real clockwork of problems, and I think he's kind of funny. I think I'd like to play our resident Danny DeVito, <laughs> Joshimi <laughs> Rockhammer. Oh, yes. God. He's funny. He's, he's a wild card for sure. Oh, I'm the yeah, trash yeah. man. I'm the trash man. And I'm here to take all your trash. Oh, and oh, probably all this other stuff in your house. And all this other stuff you got in the house is very nice. One um, red sock in the laundry. You know what? I think that I would like to be... I gotta remember his name real quick. I guess I'll interject them while you're thinking. I think I would have really liked to play Dracarys. I mean, again, he's got that, you know, that real classic tragic backstory feel you know lone survivor kind of thing and he's just like a giant i mean kind of just like a giant rage monster and i feel like i could have a lot of fun with that for his character i was going for dragonborn john rambo yeah i mean yeah. that's bit yeah basically <laughs> basically about right i think i could have a ton of fun playing that mine was uh i would like to do jacob frost from wow. our winter holiday special, especially if I have Karak with me, because that that whole kind of concept of the keeping him subdued with alcoholism was a very good aspect, <laughs> and I it was a very not <laughs> aspect that's a bad aspect. It was a very good uh, mechanic that we kind of, they kind of developed, and I would yeah. enjoy like running with that. A quick side note: um, a mechanic that I really enjoyed was when um, Joan couldn't get drunk. Ah, yeah, like the class, the twenty-five days, he Joan was sad King. as hell. I yeah, I would have actually loved to see how that would have played out in a long form thing, the whole mm -hmm. Jacob Frost thing, because what I was definitely going for was trying because I'm basically increasing his strength and lowering his intellect. Yep. I was trying to like min max that to the most. It was, already, it was already. It was already. It was already. You were close. Yeah, I was pretty oh, close. Yeah. So I would have loved to see how that plays out long term. Like 
just like keeping him at that state whenever we need him to be like battle ready would have been a lot of fun maybe 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 someday i'll put together an actual campaign and we'll use those characters, except for maybe your Christmas character. They're RJ. all half of them are Christmas pun names. You know, eh, so for me, actually, I think one of my favorite characters so far has been Holly Ivan. Holly, Holly Ivy. Ivy, yeah, Holly it's a pun Ivy. Based on the song yeah. the Holly and the Ivy. Yes. <laughs> um, she had like a, a very cute innocence to her, on top of like this just ever so snarky like <laughs> tiny. She's this yeah, tiny little sadistic. What are you? Not a fairy. A, uh, she's she's a, like an elf, like yeah. a Santa elf. She's a tiny little elf that has like it's so cute, but just so snarky and screams at big guys in their heads. <laughs> yeah. If we were in the Dungeons and Dragons universe, who would be everybody's race? Like, what race would everybody be? Like, if we were who okay. we are currently? Yeah. Okay. Us, but in the world of D&D, what race would we be? Okay, okay, that's okay. kind of projecting, just because we can't choose who we are when we're born. So, which race do we think we'd project our personalities into bodies? Sure. Yeah. All right. Way to take the piss out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of the classic, what this would you be? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, is the, so is the rule here we can't answer for our own? Yeah. Like, are we answering for us, or are we answering for not us? I think you're answering for you. Okay. Well, I'm an elf, to, to my heart I'll say, already. if you said anything I'd probably else. be a drow, just because I spend most of my time in the dark, if I can. <laughs> in the dark. Yeah. In the dark. I know this is, like, really basic, but I think I probably would be a human, honestly. <laughs> I think you're well-rounded enough. I, I... <laughs> I, I know I know that that's the prob- that's like the basic answer, but I think that I would be a tabaxi. Very interesting choice. A solitary cat. You know, friendly when I want to be. A douchebag. A douchebag when I want to be. I think I'm. I'm I think I'd be a water genasi. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that probably fits. Go with the flow. I mean, I honestly would probably be a dragonborn because i don't know i just everything to do with dragons just like fascinates me and makes me like i don't know, oh, just, so I, don't know I just love them. i would sure. be a dragonborn oh, because dragons. i love dragons dragons i'd be a dragon because i love dragon i mean i don't know there's no real race it's that fine. i identify with I it's guess. a fun question ash don't feel bad for your reason either way you would be fascinated <laughs> with magic all right I'm ray oh that. for sure for sure I, I think that I would definitely be a Furbolg, the the forest giants. Yes. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's pretty. I see it. I I give that one a hearty. Yeah, that's about right, bud. Seems about <laughs> right to me. You had your answer to this question ready when you asked. It was, us. It yeah, was a loaded but, um, question. Of course he did. But I'm I've been always been um I've lived like probably half of my life in the woods. To be, to be honest with you, I'm probably the most rangerous and one of the most outdoorsy of us. Does a bear shit in the woods? <laughs> Only if I let it. <laughs> and not um, as frequently as I do. So I, you said, Harrison, that we were going to touch a little bit on Brandon's campaign. Do we want to like wrap up with that then? Yeah, I think um, I just wanted Brandon to give... Just a little bit of a, an intro on what's going to be going on and what people can expect from this story. So, 
we started up a campaign uh, with Ash, RJ, Harrison, and myself. Uh, I'm DMing it, and those are my three uh, PCs that I am guiding through uh, another continent in Pridea. Uh, this is the continent of Vasanoka. Uh, they are... They, they don't even know it yet, but they are on the edge of a extremely large crisis, and... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ha! Oh, we know it. And Lou, his undead friend, Kroll the Fallen, and his very close compatriot and friend, Ben, who... Uh, I guess you'll have to learn more about their relationship when you listen to the first episode. Um, they are tasked with going out into the land and finding the evil. Uh, that is their... Is that, is that wow. the most basic hey, man. That was point They gotta ever. start somewhere. That was any That's still me. I'm gonna listen for ever. sure. <laughs> that's the basic bitch. Hey, that is, that, is their, that is their goal as of right now. But like Harrison said earlier, uh, this campaign is taking place uh, at the exact same time as the Ornine campaign and down the road Harrison and I have been talking we have some pretty cool crossover stuff uh, obviously that's going to be a while down the road but uh, I'm really excited to um, all you know we're also going to be dealing with Ornon in some aspects in this campaign and I'm really excited to see how it all ties together and how it all comes into one triumphant story so i'm excited and i hope you guys are excited too so uh just to wrap things up i'd just like to say that we are all very excited about uh how far we've come like we've kind of been talking about it's been a an interesting ride with most of us learning D&D as we are uh, recording and playing the campaign, but we've had a ton of fun with it, and we are very excited to see where this goes in the future, and we hope that all of you will stick with us as we continue on that process. Please. <laughs> yeah, oh, we have to beg don't, for their views. Yeah, that, that, Acknowledge uh, our existence. The cat. Hang pl- in there. Pl- please love us. Acknowledge our existence. <laughs> we'll get yeah, tolerable eventually. Feed us so we have self-actualization. <laughs> no, but in all in all seriousness, we are very grateful that you've stuck with us this far, and uh, we hope that you will continue to do so in the future. So thank thanks for being a, a loyal listener base. And make sure to spread the word. This is Sebo yes. saying thank you. Do we really? Have this is RJ saying thank you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. All well, right. that petered out quick. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> like video games? What about podcasts that talk about video games? Well, you should listen to Lit Gaming Arena. What is the LGA podcast, you ask? Well, we're a weekly podcast where we bring you the facts of video games. We talk about new games. We talk about old games. We even discuss the news. And contrary to how this promo sounds, we don't take ourselves too seriously. 
So come check us out at LickGamingArena.com or search for Lick Gaming Arena on any of the major podcast platforms such as iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are sold. And don't forget, that's Lit Gaming Arena. Hey everybody, RJ here. Thank you so much for tuning into our anniversary special, uh, even though it's a couple months late. Thank you so much again for uh, supporting us and listening to our podcast. Uh, just a few quick things before we get into a fun little segment to kind of take us out of the show. So first of all, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our friend Justin Mattioli. He made a fan rendition of our main theme, which is the one that you heard that opened up the show. That's our first form of fan art that we've ever received, and it's super wonderful. We actually uh, might use it for the theme for Brandon's campaign, although I did also compose a different theme completely for that campaign, so I'm just going to leave it up to Brandon and let him figure out which one he wants to use for that. If you'd like to check out Justin's work, he's a part of the podcast Lit, Lit, Lit Gaming, Gaming Arena, Arena. <laughs> that you heard about in the promo so just thank you once again, Justin, for that. Speaking of Brandon's campaign, the first episode is actually going to be coming out here really soon. After the anniversary special, the next episode of the podcast is going to be part of the Return of Warnon campaign, kind of. You'll figure what out what I mean by that when you hear that one. And then after that is the first episode of Brandon's campaign. And then after that, it's going to be doing the alternating schedule between the two campaigns. Uh, so that's kind of what's going to happen here going forward for the podcast. Also, Ray and I are going to be starting a new podcast. Uh, it's called Cedar Country. We have already recorded the first two episodes. Uh, that is going to be coming out here fairly soon, so keep an eye out for that. You can find us on social media. We have a Facebook page, a Twitter account, and an Instagram account set up for it already. I'm not sure exactly where you'll find the episodes when they first come out outside of YouTube. It'll for sure be on there. So if you want to check that out, uh, the Realms and Nerds account, I'll also probably retweet or tweet about it when the first episode comes out. So just like, if you're interested in that, it's kind of an edutainment look at country music. We'll be talking about like news, history, artists, songs, all that, whatever stuff we end up talking about. Uh, in the first episode, we kind of just go over like our favorite country music, who we are, and all that. And then in the second episode, we started talking about the history and the roots of country music. So, uh, like I said, if you want to keep an eye out for that, that'll be coming out here soon. As we mentioned in the group audio, we're looking at starting uh, a patron kind of supporting account, most likely through Patreon. So what we want to hear from all of you guys are ideas of like what you would like as donor content or whatever. Uh, so far, all we have is ideas. I have a little bit of a dumb recording audio when Harrison and I were testing microphones. I might put up for that. Uh, and then the other thing that we have is uh, what we've come to call the cutting room floor, which is just a bunch of little audio snippets and bits that were from the re different recording sessions, uh, whether it be just some goof that didn't really add anything and was cut for pacing or something said during one of our breaks uh, in the recording session, or even just like a bad flub. Uh, so all of those, I'm kind of uh, stitching those together into a long-form piece of audio 
for your listening enjoyment. Uh, that's actually going to be the last part of this episode is about 10 minutes worth of this kind of concept of the cutting room floor audio. So I hope you enjoy that here. Uh, and you'll hear that in just a moment after the second promo. But real quick, I would just like to thank you all again for sticking with us for now a year plus uh, and for listening to this episode. Thank you to our dear friend Kyle for composing the main theme. Thank you again to Justin for your rendition of the theme. Uh, it's wonderful. We all love it. And we hope that the rest of you listening have enjoyed it as well. Once again, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Let us know uh, what you guys want for patron content. And I will talk to you next time. Bye. Hey guys, it's Kyle. And Nick. Do you like movies? How about TV shows? Pop culture? Then check out Damn Fancy Dinosaurs. For all your movies, TV shows, and pop culture needs, you can find us on Podbean. Just search for Damn Fancy Dinosaurs. We're also available on Spotify and wherever you can get good podcasts. Check it out now. Remember guys, stay fancy and enjoy the rest of the show. Hey everybody, RJ again. Uh, real quick before we get into the cutting room floor, just a quick little heads up about the cutting room floor audio, especially the first uh, like five, six, seven, eight uh, little pieces of audio. Uh, the quality of the audio is by no means the best. Those first few specifically are actually uh, audio of video recordings of the audio played through my computer speaker because uh, I was sending them as Snapchats back to the guys back before we decided to uh, preserve these little bits of audio. So the quality is going to be pretty low compared to uh, our current quality of recording audio and some of the later parts of this cutting room floor. So apologies in advance for the subpar quality there, but I hope you still enjoy. And now, on to the cutting room floor. How long is this test for? I don't know how long it's in my Next of... Ah, uh, he did. It's already 8.30, and we've got, like, Five minutes of usable audio. <laughs> to a bitch slap y'all and you die. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the lich has an extra ability called bitch slap, and when they hit you with it, it's like one of the KO. It's like 30 d10s of damage. Right, Don't yeah. fucking finger me! I know about seven or eight dudes showed up a day or two ago, and then all of a sudden the ghost problems really just kicked off. I, I can't really tell you more than that. No one just appeared like a day or two before the ghost started appearing? No one out of the ordinary? She just stares at you. I mean, come that, on. That must... is literally what I just said. 
hard pause. And whatever you said, it's completely out of my mind because I was actually thinking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said seven or eight guys just showed up. Here, I'm let's so do a sorry. let's do a, let's do a rewind. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, had a, I had a really rough day at work. I, I, I think it kind, I find it kind of interesting that Zen asks a question, doesn't listen to anything that was said, and said, "Okay, so I'm going to repeat my question." <laughs> oh, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> This will end up on the cutting room floor so and, and only be saved for us to oh. re-listen to. RJ. Ten. How do I kill this big fat man with a staff? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> you need a lot of bacon until he dies of a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, just let the slow passage of time <laughs> Survival of the fittest. <laughs> Not of the fattest. Daddy. <laughs> oh my god. Alright. I can't. Every time I jump near him, I just fly into doggy heaven. <laughs> doggy heaven? Doggy heaven? Fly heaven? Into doggy heaven? Not bandicoot heaven? Bandicoot heaven. At this point, is Jeffrey just looking, or is he copping a field? Oh, Zen's not letting him cop a field. You literally told him to check out a spot. I said, I, yeah, check it out. Look. No, oh, like, touchy, oh. touchy, touchy, touch. Okay. Anyway. So she's, so she's like a porn star. You can look, but you can't touch. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that that would definitely involve touching. Like. Semantics. I mean, I, semantics. <laughs> I mean, if you go to the doctor and say, doctor, this part on my elbow hurts. You can look, but you can't touch. <laughs> if, if they go check it out, you go, no touching, just look at it. But, um, because I figured it was kind of a nice balance to not having to, I'm a fucking <laughs> destroy that shit. What is it doing? Unplug it. It's being an asshole trying to eject discs that aren't there. Wow, and I was really freaking out. Okay. It's a bomb. Ah! <laughs> the haunted PlayStation. It's called Phantom Power Ash. Oh, Tooley. Oh, Tooley the Fooly. Oh, boy. Alright, so, um. Let's hope he doesn't die. God's sake, if he dies, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly. Suddenly, a, flying through the air when it hits the ground. A fully grown adult dragon lands on the inn and crushes no! it. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Jack, you've done this for the last time. First Roman, now Tuli. Jack is shaped into a dragon. How, no, he's riding he, the dragon. How did he drop a full size dragon? He's fucking Jack. You don't know what Jack can do. Jack is whack, dude. However, you do find three books that look like they are uh, very valuable. Awesome. Those all hold more witches. Throw them in the It's okay, porn! It's medieval See, porn! The last adventures who came here really Yeah, so one of them is called ye, ye Hustlers. <laughs> She's, I've got Brigitte. She's got Castile. <laughs> in a fire. No, in in love, in in in, in husbandos and okay. Wives. Jonah's 
is going to be making his way two. downtown to this podium. Okay. Well, he's going to take out his quarter step. And he's going to take... And he's... So next up is Joan. So, I'm Joan Redson. I'm going to take a chromatic orb shot at this motherfucker. Several minutes later... Where are we at? What's it's up? your turn. Go. Alright, where's he? Is he still at the podium? Yeah, he has, he moved has not moved. Oh, correct. Alright, have we dealt a lot of damage since Yeah, I was? he's not looking so great. Alright, cool, then fucking, I don't care that my magic is halved on this dumbass. I'm going to cast another second level chromatic orb at this. Dang, you, you just know boy. so well, Harrison. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. <laughs> Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Now is that what Guess you're going to do back. every time you go to talk into the microphone? Back again. Like are you actually going to lean yes, in one time? Yes, back. Or are you just going to tell a friend? Yeah. Tell us how you're going to actually okay. talk into the microphone during the session. I don't, I don't care if you sing some... Slim Shady, just where we're sitting. If you're gonna lead in every time, then that's what we'll do. I just don't want to. (laughs) He's about to do challenge accepted. What are we doing? You're just sitting. You're just gonna sit how you're gonna sit. I just want you sitting as far back as you're actually gonna sit when you record, so I know if you need to not sit how far back you're gonna record. I'm gonna be like this, so. Yeah. Ramash all the way, baby. You're probably gonna have to lean. You, you guys are probably gonna have to get oh, right yeah. into the mic. Yeah, like that. Shall I do mine? I don't know who you're gonna be you're doing that with. I'm going with just theirs right now. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is Ramosh and. Fuck, I forgot my line. <laughs> God damn it, Brunilda! You do this every time! I thoroughly enjoy gallivanting through the forest and skinning the wildlife and making crotch pieces out of their skins. Skins for my foreskin, if you will. <laughs> Comfort from little bunnies caressing my crotch. You are now thoroughly <coughs> horrified. This is the weirdest version of Thriller I've ever heard. <laughs> this is the Thriller! <laughs> I know you love that face. What do I see? Dicks. It's just a bunch of No, um. <laughs> just penises. Penises everywhere. Yes. You gotta be willing to laugh at yourself. I pick myself every day, I look in the mirror and go, <laughs> and then I just cry. A single lap falls a lot of crying. There are reasons why I should we never don't. eat Taco Bell. I don't. Yeah. No. We all no. know. No. Taco Bell, right? Especially at my age. Shut up, dude. I love how we all said at your age. Back when I was your age. How old are you? I'm 25. DM's not drunk enough for this shit. That 
was just a descent into fuckery. Yeah. 